welcome to the Video Gamer Podcast, episode 234. My name is Conor Mahern, and with me this week, you can see by the way he moves his neck, he has no technique. It's Chris Hallam. Hello. And you have to ask, does she have star quality? It's Alice Bell. Hello. I, I'm assuming this is some sort of dancing thing uh, not dancing football no no no, no you, i mean you were on the right track it was Strictly. x factor oh x factor because it was judges hoses you see at the weekend no you tell me where he moves his neck yes it is reality show season Se- season season the apprentice is the only one you watch isn't it Alice? well we've been watching well i say we've been watching bake off i may just well, of course yeah bake off i forget Boy- that that's a reality show uh may just boycott it entirely you, you won't I I don't care who wins now. I just don't. See, three people in a wo- row, three weeks in a row, they made a terrible decision. I terrible, outraged. Three weeks is a bit strong. Like last week, awful decision. I think the statute of limitations has passed because by the time most people are listening to this anyway, the follow up episode will have happened. Liam went, Chris. Yeah, I heard. Disgusting. Yeah. I know you were especially outraged being My. a bake off, a massive bake off fan. Do you know what? I have watched it, <laughs> and um, I've wa- I've watched some of the new series. Yeah, um, oh, so just, and I did. So when we're talking about bake off above, you yeah. just try and remain cool and be like, "What are you talking about, guys?" You've come on well, board for the worst series. I think if you're kind of getting involved in something, you've got to add something to add to the conversation. And I think you two are kind of really hitting the point so yeah. instead i just sat there and listened diplomatic silence and all that uh, yeah also i have also been watching uh the apprentice which we've done me and my husband uh, every year do a, a bet you have to choose someone i guess that you think will win but not necessarily even win just go further than the other person it's mm. like your own and, little um, sweepstake yeah yeah and then this time it's whoever lose whoever go whoever's candidate goes out first um will have to buy dinner for the other person. Right. But I'm not enjoying The Apprentice much this year because it, it, with each passing year, it seems to me they are increasingly just a bunch of fucking idiots. I think this year is better than last year. They, as, as in, they, they seem more capable. I last think... Year was, no. Last year they were thick fucking stupid. I disagree. I think this I year... Think th- there's, oh, there's two girls that have the same name, like Laura or Lucy or something. And... Or is it Sarah? But anyway, there's two, there's two women who have the same name and they seem to be quite good. Like, we're only two weeks in. I can't so remember any of their names. It, 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 like, uh, I don't know. It's all to play for. The lads, terrible so far. So far, they all seem to me to be basically, uh, to borrow a phrase that I heard in a film this weekend, a bunch of clattering fannies. Like, they're terrible. What kind of film was that? It was in The Death of Stalin. Ah. And Stalin's son, Vasily, was... Uh, coaching the Russian hockey team and going, come on, you glattering fannies! On to the news this week. And it's a sad one to start off. Seeing as you were talking about the death of Stalin, Alice, it is now time to talk about the death of Visceral Games. Nicely done. Sadly. Uh, I think... Like, maybe a couple of hours after we recorded the last one or was it the day after but there yeah, wasn't much was really there wasn't yeah. much lead out time uh, yeah EA announced that it was quote ramping down and closing Visceral Games which surely is the most you can ramp down any- anything <laughs> uh, and the, and I suppose in turn they have pi- what's the phrase they use they pivoted yeah they're pivoting on, yeah. on the Star Wars game that was uh, Amy Hennig of Uncharted fame uh, that she was heavily involved with and the reason behind that I don't know if you know Alice and mm. or Chris but single player games gone they're- forget about them they are dead <laughs> because you gotta look at the loot boxes and the money and the, all that kind of stuff you can make off of games I only play with 16 players or more to be honest mm. anything else is pitiful so yeah in, in EA statement they did mention uh, I'm trying to find us here but they did mention how well they didn't say this future games I'm not going to put words in their mouth but they did say that uh, they were kind of looking away from the single player market yeah. yeah, well, they didn't say that, but they just sort of said, like, so it, it basically so that it's got more st- stuff in it. I mean, it basically everyone read it as saying that they wanted to make a game that was kind of like a destiny that was online that they could have a longer tail of profitability from it. 
because obviously with a single player game the the life of that is a person buys the game and then maybe you extend that with like dlcs and stuff yeah that's how you make money off a single player game with a game like destiny people keep pumping money into it with a game like fucking you know like, like the mmos like warcraft and shit they're they're constant earners and so like ubisoft has been doing a lot of games as service like Remy six Fucking Tom Clancy's Division, mm-hmm. Tom Clancy's Ghost Regan. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the joke I stole. Um, like that—that's what they do now, almost to a point. Yeah. Um, so everyone sort of read it as saying, basically, like the Star Wars game Visceral was making looked exactly like it was going to be a Visceral game, and we decided to not do that. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I have it. No, this this was from Executive Vice President Patrick Sorderland. And uh, he he said, It has become clear that to deliver an experience that players will want to come back to and enjoy for a long time to come, we need to pivot the design. We are shifting the game to be a broader experience that allows for more variety and player agency, in reference to the Star Wars game. Yeah. Uh, this is the second Star Wars game that's kind of been offed prematurely, if we all cast yeah, a mind back. 13-13. which looked quite good. It's amazing, yeah. And... I would have been very interested to see what Visceral would have done mm. with the Star Wars game. Yeah. Like, is it, would it, would it, I don't know, like, you know, because we can all speculate. Like, well, Would it have been more adult-like, more more kind of horror-involved, or I mean, or what? It, an Amy Hennig-led Visceral games, Star Wars game, I think, would have been very interesting. But alas, we shall never know, uh, except perhaps in like three years' time where maybe someone leaks some key art or whatever. Well, and then we'll do a story that like check out these screens from the visceral Star Wars game that got cancelled. Let's have a look at what you could have won. Yeah, exactly. Um, but is it talking about leaks, I suppose. Well, not leaks necessarily, but a level designer who worked on Dead Space Two, Zach Wilson, after the the closure and all that was coming out, uh, he tweeted about how Dead Space Two underperformed and it cost sixty million dollars to make, and that's not including. The marketing materials it's and, just the and all direct that. development of the game itself, yeah. It was $60 million and they sold 4 million copies in total. Um, but that doesn't, inc- that 4 million also includes a lot, it will include when the price dropped dramatically as well for the game. So it wouldn't have been 4 million copies sold at the full price, which would have been $60 or 45 quid or whatever mm. for us. So um, they made. A loss in that sense on it, yeah. And I remember when Dead Space 3 was coming out and they were projecting something like, like 6 million copies or so. It was, mm. it was just like a number that you kind of go, come on, realise yeah. what you are here now. Live within your means. You're Dead Space. Yes, you're a very well-respected, critically acclaimed mm. series, particularly at that point, the first one. And I suppose still the first one. Uh, although the start of the second one was fucking great. But like, you know... Understand was what that the you one were when you fell onto the when you like kind of flew down to the planet kind of thing. No. I think that was three. Was that yeah. three? Right. Yeah. But that's the thing. I think. I mean, conventional wisdom would have it that Visceral were not allowed to make the Dead Space three that they wanted. Mm-hmm, and yeah. Then EA had well, a lot like, of, there was a lot of it, like it's very different from the first Dead Space. It's very uncharted, isn't it? In terms of the wee cut sequences, the cutscenes as well. Do you know when the explosions go off? I'd seen a comparison of the two, like Uncharted two and. And um, Dead Space Three, and they're very, very similar in terms of how that kind of those set pieces happen. But even uh, Three got a bit of a doing as well because that had some form of microtransactions in there. Yeah, um, classic. And, and obviously uh, co-op and yeah, it just it wasn't the Dead Space Three that people wanted, I suppose. Mm. Uh, and they now won't be getting a Dead Space Four. Well. I don't know. Oh, does it, does EA own it? Maybe they. Maybe, I don't know. They might ship it off to someone else. But yeah, EA shutting another studio. Sad. And yeah, we hope from everyone a video gamer. Hopefully, everyone mm. who has been affected by the visceral closure will get back on their feet. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of them are being folded, or as many as possible are joining other EA teams. Uh, but I'm sure I've said it before. Like a lot of talent at that studio. So hopefully, everyone will be able to find. New homes. Sony Santa Monica put out a tweet when they lost go. the job saying that um, they're more than welcome to come and apply there to them as well. And yeah, 
Hopefully I, they do get all right. I don't know. It, it's it's slightly worrying, but like what what do you expect? That's the that's where the industry is going. Like I predominantly enjoy single player games. Not yeah. multiplayer games, not fucking games as a service games. I have no interest in any of that. Tell me a tell me a story. Mm-hmm. Tell me tell me a joke, funny man. I don't want to create my own fun. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You make the fun for me <laughs> and I will judge that fun accordingly. Play the hits, no talking. So I, I don't want... Yeah, I don't want to be fucking off creating my own stories kind of in, in, in a big open games of service type of game. Now, it's different if we get into a kind of immersion, kind of Far Cry type of thing and, or GTA or whatever, that's different. But like, I don't know. It's, it's, I, don't, I don't like where it's headed, boy and girl. I know what you mean. It's like that you want to play a game like that for, to go on a journey, don't you? to go on an adventure and when you're kind of i guess limiting it to say a multiplayer scope or anything like that it kind of drains it in a way and in some eyes do you know what i mean like, it's well, like kind of I, I love single player games absolutely love them and um at the moment it seems that the way the industry is moving that only indie developers are kind of going towards that Single player games? Yeah. Oh, come of. on. That's not true. Well, we'll see what happens, won't Nintendo. We? I was going to say Nintendo. Sony. You shot me down. Yeah, Sony is Sony are pretty good at that as well because Sony Sony always do a game for pretty much every genre, don't they? I mean, they? Pe- people are still making single player games, which is great. It's just um, they're not as profitable. But, 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 and, yeah. and that's the fucking... Yeah, that's the, the long and short of it, is that these... Big businesses are big businesses and they need to make money. So, like, if they're going to make more money by offering loot boxes in their Destiny-like game or whatever, rather than a single player without any microtransactions, of course they're going to give you the option to spend money in there if it trends that people are spending their money in these games. Can we take a moment as well to admire the phrase ramping down and closing? Mm Mm-hmm. Fuck off. It's like when Microsoft said, we're, you remember last year there was a period Sunsetting. where it was like, we're going to sunset Lionhead. Oh dear, yeah. We're sunsetting I development. Yeah. That, yeah. What a load of shit. It's an interesting use of the word sunsetting. All right, Jen. Fucking sunset my fist in your cock. Um, <laughs> what a horrible, what a horrible way to say we're closing a studio. Yeah, it's heartless as fuck. Do you know what else could be described as heartless? Do go on. Activision's practices when it comes to matchmaking. Ooh. I think, Chris, you, you may have to explain this to me a tad, right? But yeah. Activision patented a, a method where they were matching worse off players with better players yeah. to get the worse off players to spend money to level up more quickly. Yeah, basically what their patent is, it's like... Um, it's when you go in a game, say you're playing, um, I don't know, like, say Destiny, and you see Alice is running through and she's got this amazing gun and it's all tricked out and shit. It's got all these medallions hanging off it and I've just started the game and I look at Alice's gun and I get gun envy, do you know what I mean? And mm. I think, do you know what? I wouldn't mind a gun like that and the only way I'm going to get a gun like that is by putting my hand in my digital pocket and paying for it. So, like, what they're doing is they're trying to, well... I said they're trying to. They ha- they actually stated they haven't implemented this into a game yet. They just they just own it. They own the patent. Um, which but didn't yeah Bungie came out and said, "Don't worry, it's not in Destiny." Well, basically, when I think it was Kotaku that broke the story on it, and they said they ba- it was basically implied that it could be in use in a game such as Destiny, for example, and. Destiny responded like knee-jerk and said, no, 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 it's not in our game. And that was kind of what it is. But basically Activision's patented this system to encourage people to want to pay money for content within games. Now, that is really shitty in terms of actually having a system like that. But the fact that Activision own it, they're not using it just yet, and they probably will, let's be serious, but it means no one else can do that at the moment. So at least that's the silver lining at the minute. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's still bollocks, but... <laughs> just in case. I'm not planning to use it. Yeah. I just, we just have it. It's Maybe like, that like all the companies will develop a similar one. It'll be like fucking mutually assured destruction. Like nuclear weapons. Yeah. We've all got it, but we won't use it. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think that's an interesting one. And, I, and again, I suppose, like, something like that doesn't... And that's not tailored to my wants and needs. Like, if I see a guy with a shiny gun, I'm like... Grand, well, like I, I, I but I, like I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not shitty. It fucking is of the highest order. But I, like, I think it's more. It's not specifically just so that you'll see someone. It's more like if you're playing, you'll be matched against someone who has premium mm. items. So you get fucking dicked on by this guy who's much better than you. Yeah. Or like, uh, like you'll be paired up with someone who, yeah, is just better than you and does better than you, and you'll go shit. You're wearing a pair of a white t shirt and a pair of scruffy shorts and this guy's all in bedecked in gold armor mm-hmm. and shit. I don't know. It, it's yeah, I mean it's fucking really it's shitty. Pretty sinister. As it's well. like being Very. back at school again though, isn't it? And then you've got that one kid who has everything and then you're like, Oh, I feel inferior inadequate yeah. and now I've gotta kind of pay to join the cool kids. Yeah. I've changed my stance on loot boxes and stuff now. I think they're a bad thing. Why did you think they were a good thing? I didn't think they were a good thing before, but I was just sort of like, you don't have to get them and stuff. But now it's pretty clear that they are quite a predatory practice, or at least like they should be regulated. They're um, unsubstantial. Because there's like, like there's loads yeah. of um, reports of like kids, basically. Because you know, like when you were a kid and you'd buy like a pack of you know football stickers, stickers or whatever. Or whatever. Yeah. For like two quid, and now there's kids spending two pounds. Like, have much. Never two fucking pounds. I don't know. All right, but yeah, about sixty p. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now there's kids spending like twenty quid a week on FIFA, Gold uh, ultimate team points, yeah. and our yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was, t- I told you about this a few weeks ago. Like uh, my partner's nieces and nephews have iPads and things like, that, and they get the in-app transactions. And the amount of times that their parents, when they were babies, have had to call up. You know, like Apple and things like that. See, uh, these were bought accidentally. Yeah, Google, and said uh, this has been bought accidentally, or when their accounts have even been hacked. And because this, there's ten nieces and nephews, so there's a fair few. And it's yeah, it's it's just really shitty and predatory, like the whole loot box thing, and um, the amount of times that they've kind of been met with a surprise bill at the end of the month for 200 300 quid it's not great uh it hasn't been a wonderful week in video games to be honest well i mean well okay well there's uh, right there's a bit to unpack here so neogaf right now if you don't know what neogaf is i'm sure you you do but in case you don't like i've seen people 100 yeah there's a lot of people who don't know what neogaf is because it is actually but i always forget that like it might seem massive within like a bubble of people but like my like my brother has no idea what cool, NeoGAF yeah. is but he plays loads of games on a side note right before we get into it I fucking hated the NeoGAF mentioned in Sunset Overdrive it I just <laughs> I thought it was I just I hated it it was in but, Scribble but, Notes as well did they mention Scribble Notes it was in Scribble Notes as well yeah you could do it and it come with a NeoGAF icon as well but I suppose that that does show whilst yes many people don't didn't know what it was it definitely had a reach but anyway, NeoGAF, a forum that was set up in 2006 after a, a, another forum, the Gaming Age forums, hence NeoGAF, closed down. It's, it's been around for over 10 years and became, I suppose, a place for people who enjoy video games to to discuss their chosen hobby. And it also became a place for a lot of budding journalists and and developers themselves to... To, to chat the shit or, e- or even I mean a lot of new stories maybe not currently uh, but up until last week pe- websites and shit mm. would have gotten from NeoGAF yeah, yeah. we did because it's because it was there were so many devs and stuff on there that would just post uh, like news before I went up they would like leak stuff sometimes um loads of stuff and devs would yeah. go on there to kind of answer questions when people were talking about games and they would create an account and go on um like and it, directly confront the questions with the community. It was, I suppose, Reddit before Reddit or Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Like it gave, yeah. like it d- gave d- people just for games, but just for games, and it gave people who like games uh, an avenue to to chat about them. But not anymore. Mm. Now, well, I caveat that with it went back up today. It, yeah, at time of recording. It is still a website. Well, I mean, it's up, but like all the off-topic forums and stuff, there aren't any mods. It's a fucking shit show. Anyway, continue. So the, the reason there are no mods, 
uh, I think there was like 11 or 12, wasn't there? And like, they're all... Are they all gone now? Is there even... There there one left or something? 12 that left um, when we wrote the news piece on it. I think a couple more left after that. And there I think aren't, there's there maybe aren't many one or anyway. two left, yeah. There aren't many because uh, over the weekend, Tyler Malka, who on Neogaf is evil lore, a girl who used to, he used to be friends with, had posted on her private Facebook account about an incident where he sexually harassed her. Mm. Now, she didn't, she initially didn't mention him by name. And like in that same Facebook post, uh, after a couple of comments, because it was like fr- it was a private Facebook account, wasn't it? So it was yeah, friends private, and stuff. It like was that. a private so, post. So like... then, like, she just said, "Fuck it, Google evil lore," and then it was screen grabbed by her friends and then shared on social media. Yeah, um, and I think was it not shared by was a NeoGaf member not like friends with her or something? Well, it's I mean, her brother was on NeoGaf. It's it gets a bit so apparently the this had it had been popping up on Gaff for a while, but. The posts and threads about it had all been deleted. And people were getting banned and stuff. Now, apparently, yeah. this was because uh, Malcus said he was going to make a statement because he owns NeoGaf, so it's like, and it's not the first time he's sort of been a bit skeezy. Um, so he apparently said he was going to make a statement. All the mods were making waiting on him making a statement, and he just didn't. Never did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it it got them all together in a Slack conversation and said. This is what's happened. This is my feelings on what's happened. I'll prepare a statement. I'll put it out there and we can get along with it. And the mods were like, okay, fine. We'll do what we're doing for now, but it needs to be sorted out. Mm -hmm. And he divvied and didn't put this statement out. And basically the shit hit the fan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mods were getting threats. They were worried about being doxxed and hacked and... um, Comments made at them on social media for um, inaction, even though they were waiting on an official word. And they just thought, you know what? We don't need to put up with this. And we don't want to be associated with this person. So we're we're going to leave. And then it started an outpouring of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because as you say, Alice, back in 2012... Malka was involved with it was a was it a club or a pub or something like He'd that. He'd been travelling around groped. Europe and he was in like a nightclub. He was in this huge party, and this lady had come in, according to Malka, because he was the one who actually wrote about this. Yeah, he, yeah, he was the one who like yeah, he was writing a travel year. diary basically, and he was blogging right. his his travel story on Neogaf. On Neogaf right. Yeah, and he had written this ten thousand word post about what he'd gotten up to, and he said he was in this party um everybody was drunk having a good time and this lady's come up to him and asked him to buy her a drink and he said i was like well sod it they're two euros um i'll get her a drink and then he said i grabbed her by the ass to show that i wasn't what was the word being taken advantage yeah. of well, he did like he said she had been get she had been handsy with him before asking him for a drink and they continued talking so, later on that evening yeah, as well he, he said he said so. that she initiated and stuff but people mm. kind of were like that's like it was just the language he used made people a bit kind of like that's a bit creepy mate mm-hmm. um yeah and then this incident as well, like he has now done an interview with I want to say Patrick Klepek, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and he, I mean, he doesn't come off great, nope, <laughs> in it at all. And he kind of blames uh, NeoGaf going sort of up in smoke to like the off-topic sections of the forum where people could talk about stuff that wasn't games, and he kind of says like having to moderate, you know, it's a shitty year, and you're having to constantly moderate like politics and stuff on a forum that's supposed to be about games. So like all the off-topic stuff's gone now. But I think this this is the strange thing about NeoGaf is that it's almost like from the left it's seen as a right kind of a right-wing website, and on the right it's seen as a, a very a, liberal, a very liberal is yeah. what I was looking for. Yeah, a kind of website. It was a strange one, but it was one that def- had longevity up until this. Mm. And loads of people like that we know are on it. Loads of like games journalists would respond to commentary on their articles and stuff. So it was quite an open forum for debate about the industry, but obviously. You know, I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to it now. Mm-hmm. No idea because people. There's a weird thing as well. People lining up and asking to be banned. Like fucking, I'm Spartacus. This which is I found weird. This is like, weird. Yeah, yeah. Still, because like, the website is back up, people are trying to 
make dodgy posts to get banned and saying ban me or even just just don't post anymore just it's stop fine, using like. it well yeah. there's no way to actually delete your account so by them getting their accounts nuked they can't actually get back onto the site and but it's there just, like, just, just don't post it's the, like... the thing is it's like I've been on NeoGAF since it was Gaming Edge forums and like I've posted a fair amount in my time there but nowhere near as much as and I've been on there for over 12 years and the thing is at times it can turn and this is as a person of colour it can turn into an echo chamber of hate it can turn into an echo chamber of misogyny um, and distrust and horrible things and the thing is it's like it's do you know when we make comments and we say this was said today that's the internet it was very much like kind of those kinds of things what you see going on the horrible things and then they'll turn around and say but that's wrong and it's like well no you're kind of raving about these things so in a way neogaf was its own little bubble its own little society in a way and it was hated by a lot of people who weren't directly involved in it and then who are now reveling in its demise i guess in a way Mm. it's floundering and um yeah, it's a shame because the thing is, in all that time that I've been there, it's like there are things that you will never always agree with and there are comments people make, such as Malka, um, that you will never agree with. Um, but the thing is, sometimes I don't. Th- I feel if you're not going to add anything decent to a conversation, just don't say anything at all. But now you've kind of just got people taking it in a different direction, haven't you? And it's kind of just. I just. I. I think I there, care, there are know. other avenues nowadays, you know, where people can continue the conversation. Yeah. Uh, whether it be on Twitter or Facebook well, or Reddit. Well, a lot of them took it over to or, Discord. Well, I or, think yeah. that's yeah. going to be interesting now. Like, if any one thing will fill that kind of void, or if it, if that's kind of going to be it now no there isn't going to be a massive gaming forum again mm-hmm. like if it's if the community is too fractured now and they've all gone off so some people are on discord some people are still chatting on twitter like and yeah. there's never going to be one big collective again but eh, yeah we'll see time will tell could do with a bit more time when it comes to recording video on the nintendo switch very good because in the most recent update 4.0 uh, there has been a few kind of fairly decently sized things added to the Switch, including being able to transfer your saves between Switch consoles at last. But everything not... was t- tied to to your to your console rather than your account. Yes, um, but it's it's still tied to a console. It's like the 3DS. So if you want to transfer a save from one 3DS to the other 3DS, you have to do the actual system transfer. Yeah, and it transfers. It basically just kind of clones that, and then puts it on the other system yeah, yeah. and and that's how it is now it's but not like you could transfer what do you mean, what do you mean ties though because like surely it, like if you're taking it from one switch to the other it deletes the other switch after it's moved the data across yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like kind of it does tie it to the system still but it right, doesn't okay, it doesn't know, tie it in the sense that it can't be moved ever mm-hmm. um yeah and as well as that as i say you can by holding down the capture button you can record the previous 30 seconds so okay right 30 seconds first of all like gif isn't it alright I suppose Um, no this apparently I think it was Kotaku uh, they have discovered that in a future update this will be extended but currently there are only like yeah four four games games. Zelda Mario Kart Arms and Splatoon 2 are the only four games that utilise this feature just the Nintendo ones yeah the big ninty which is again, it's a bit of a shame. Isn't it? Well, I think it'll be able to come to other games in a as long when the developers update their game. But I think it required this software update to enable because this is the first big feature update since the Switch actually came out. So you had one big feature update that came out in May, just after the console came out, and this is the biggest one since. So this is kind of laying the groundwork for the next lot of updates, I guess. I mean, Ninty have always been very good at, like... Doing con- everything slow. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, controlling their brand and and maintaining their brand value and stuff. So I'm not surprised that the first bunch of games to get it would Nintendo games. Because mm-hmm. now that shit loads more clips of Zelda and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll flying around. In the wild, as it were. Um, and as well as that, Nintendo announced that the Switch has sold over 2 million in America 
since uh, releasing in March. And in September, two-thirds of all games' hardware sales, again, in America, were uh, Nintendo, were thanks to Nintendo, basically, because they had some. They were either Switch, 3DS, or the Super Nintendo Mini-related, which is fucking quite impressive. Pretty good, yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't That's know. Like, we'll probably reflect on it further at the end of the year, mm. but... What a year! When you've got Nintendo. stuff like NBA season kicking off and the NFL season kicking off fairly recently, those and with those games coming out and stuff like the Xbox and the PlayStation, those are system selling games out there. And the fact that this con, this well, Nintendo has managed to do this with their consoles is fucking amazing. I mean, it's a turnaround from the Wii U, right? <laughs> On to what we've been playing this week in Alice Bell. Yes, mate. Life. Oh my, how it is weird. Is that is that what you're giving me? That's what I'm giving you. Do with it I, what you will. Well, I would say it's strange, Colm. Why is that, Alice? Oh, fuck. Say, um, you say like, it's episode two? Yeah, <laughs> Strange, sure. weird. Uh, so yeah, Life is Strange Before the Storm. What, is it, call- two. what is it called? Uh, or is it called anything? Oh, fucking hell. Uh, so the episode one was awake, and then episode two Asleep, is knocked no, out. No, uh, they're all lines from the Tempest. So I think it's I can't remember. Fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> a famous, a famous line. line where Prospero <laughs> says "fuck you." Is it like before dawn or something like that? No, no, no. It's, no, it's until dawn. You're thinking of it was a very good game. Oh yeah, that was brilliant. Ago, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one much better than the first episode. I thought. Okay, Less. do go on because I'll. I hopefully in the next week I would like to try and play episode two. Because you as played well. the first one, so right? I played the first one, and I thought it was hilarious. No, that was after reasons. for the wrong reason. Well, for, I mean, you say that. Yeah, I enjoyed myself. Okay, and like this was when I kind of threw myself into it, and I understood what was going on, and I said, "All right, this is a comedy, clearly." Yeah. So then I kind of started to enjoy it an awful lot. Now, have they have they really embraced the humor in episode two? Uh. <laughs> I mean, judging by your laugh, I will say yes. Yes, they have. Um, so there's still the same sort of stuff in that. So, like, the things that I don't like about Before the Storm are, I guess, kind of summarized in the fact that when you look at the license plates on the cars in game, they're all references to authors. Excellent. And that's obviously, they were like, this is a cool thing to do. Look, Kay Everdeen or whatever. Mm. Um Let's say like authors and characters and stuff, and like H. Caulfield. What's her name? Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. Or like Holden C. One of them is or something. And I was like, obviously, when they were making it, they were like, "This will be a cool thing for someone to notice." And I was like, "Fuck you!" But then um, Alice noticed. Um, but there, there's some other stuff in there that I think is very good, and it's a lot better this time. So, like, I think Chloe's characterization is very interesting, and getting a lot better, and it, she's very sort of. Um, she's very, it's very good at kind of showing that kind of, you know, when you're a teenager and you're kind of really consumed by a relationship and, and mm-hmm. you're sort of like this, you know, I'm never going to love again. Like this is the one, this yeah. is the this one. This is the be all and end all. I am 16. And but I know I'm, yeah. I'm going to die a la the notebook next to this person. Yeah, exactly. Spoilers <laughs> for a 15 year old film. She watched the notebook. It's very good. No, it's not. Uh, excellent. Actually. Brilliant. Um, uh, so that is kind of portrayed very well, I think, alongside the struggles that she's having. So, like, the previous episode was kind of about her family and stuff. But didn't you and find then... her annoying in the first episode? Oh, no, well, I think I that was me. Was, you, was it? Oh, dear. Well, I find yeah. teenagers in general annoying. So, yeah. uh, I actually find Rachel Amber more annoying than Chloe because she right. is impossibly kind of self possessed and, like, impossibly cool and impossibly like a cast member from Skins but at the same time <laughs> that's a great comparison but at the same time she is also very insecure and stuff but in this episode in, in the second episode you see Rachel Amber being actually quite scheming and manipulative and stuff and so I am sort of worried for Chloe because like we know by Life is Strange mm. proper Rachel has been in a relationship with Frank the drug dealer you know she didn't run away with Chloe she didn't, so she didn't fulfill any of these grand promises that she is making to Chloe, and I, I think a lot is going to rest on the final episode. What a bitch! I know, yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot better than the second episode. I thought a lot better. There's some really cool scenes. So like the, 
in the second episode there is the the performance of the tempest the school performance which is pretty cool um it's very well paced episode as well uh and then uh there's a kind of a dinner at rachel amber's house with her parents who are fucking weird like I do, I, and is, is that portrayed quite well because i remember like you Oh, that you put yeah. that in your review and it sounded interesting. I like the family dynamic because her dad is really weird. And yeah. like, you know, when someone's polite, but like they're doing it because not because it's the nice thing to do, but because they've been brought up. That that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of like that. And her mum, it's almost a bit like she's got kind of a rebellious streak and stuff almost even as she's like ask Mr. Amber what he wants to drink with his dinner kind of Mm -hmm. thing she is also a bit kind of she's more compassionate and a bit kind of rebellious and then like yeah it's a very interesting dynamic at their house you sound way more upon this than you did on the previous I mean, one. The first one was so fucking obvious. I mean, it's still quite obvious at points. Yeah. Like, there are points in this one where you can see like the game doing that. This conversation would have been different if you'd made a different choice. Or, like, if you'd chosen to put a flag here instead of a towel, this mm. would have happened. Um, and also like the metaphor of the forest fire is also very obvious, in my opinion. <laughs> but very much better than the first episode so now it all kind of is hinging on the last one the upcoming Star Wars game that takes stuff from all the episodes doesn't it one to seven yeah uh, <laughs> so yeah I did play a bit of the Star Wars single player for Battlefront 2 can you tell me about it because I know nothing about the opening part of the game well no one does really I suppose oh yeah because like we I think this was the first kind of big preview for the single player so all the, the previews before yeah. had been um, multiplayer Look, the assault on Theed and stuff, which is what the um, the beta was. Yeah. Um, so we played maybe like an hour and a half uh, preview event of the single player, which didn't feature in the first game and is apparently going to be, was it like five to seven hours long? Yeah, they said something like that. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously I've seen screenshots of it and the odd teaser, mm. but um, it actually looks quite interesting. So well, it's quite interesting. Does it make all the right Star Wars noises? It does. I mean, it sounds very much like a Star Wars game. And it looks like more like a Star Wars film. And it looks like a Star Wars film because it does all the screen wipes and stuff. But it, well, I mean, just not sure on it yet. Like, it was very fun to play. It's very fun to be in it. It was kind of cool being like, because in this one, you are, you play as. You're a bad yeah, you? you're like a, you're like part of Inferno Squad. Who are like the in, the they elite like stormtroopers? They sound like a naughty's like grime group. Yeah, <laughs> after like so Sonic or something. Well, yeah. they, like what my favorite bit in the whole thing. So basically, the game starts uh, just sort of immediately before and then during, and then immediately after the battle on Endor, which is in the final, the final film of the original trilogy. trilogy yes. Um, so you see like the second Death Star blowing up and stuff. Um, and there's certainly a variety of different play styles. So the first um, thing I played was I was controlling a little security drone that um, uh, Aiden Versio, who's the main character, she had activated after she'd deliberately been captured so she could infiltrate a rebel ship and destroy some intel and stuff. And I was, so I was controlling her little drone, just flying about, shocking people and stuff. It was pretty fun. Um, and it does cool stuff like... Uh, you can shoot door controls to make the door slam shut and lock, oh. which is a thing they do in the films. And I was Han like, that's Solo. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then you you are sent down onto Endor in the middle of a battle. You don't shoot Ewoks. It's fine. The little teddy bear people, Colin. Ah, oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always forget that you just <laughs> have you have no cultural kind of <laughs> none of it has managed. I mean, I know you, like. I have heard of Ewoks and I know who the teddy bear people are. So well, they're the Ewoks. Yeah, grand. Uh, <laughs> And one of my favorite bits in the whole thing was like during that mission, because obviously the Death Star blew up and then we were all kind of trapped on the planet. I came across like a platoon of stormtroopers who were being pinned down by the rebels. And we were like, let's help them. We ran in. And one of the stormtroopers over the comms literally went, Inferno Squad! Like, we, we, were the, we weren't expecting to see you here. Like, yeah. it was fucking G.I. Joe or something. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I didn't know if it was meant to be funny, but I found it funny. Uh, and then after that was a big space battle, so with loads of debris floating about from the explosion and loads of, you know, stars and stuff. And it was really, like, it's really cool to look at and to kind of be in. Mm-hmm. But I also, like, I, my, I suspect, based on 
Iden Versio's behavior and the conversations he have, and also she also like the, she has two squad mates that she's in charge of, and one of them is this company man who's like rebel skirm all the time, and one of them's kind of a nervous tech guy slash sniper. So I'm pretty pretty sure that Iden's going to realize that the Empire is a load of shit. The one guy is going to stab her in the back, and then the other guy is going to go along with the betrayal, but eventually help her out, and she's going to go to the other the other side join the rebels but, you don't have to play it no no right yeah, um, I have no evidence for this other than it's quite tropey do you like that story that you made up in your head yes but um, this, this well look, you don't need to well maybe I mean this is the thing like the the with Star Wars it's always like these are the good guys and these yeah. are the bad guys and it's not complicated and like that's what the Star Wars story is it always and, draws like, a line doesn't it like the, there's, no, there's no grey character in Star no Wars no grey areas no yeah so people swap between the two and like people being tempted by the dark side and vice versa is a big staple of the series but it has very much always been like the Empire are the baddies they are bad people you don't have to feel bad about exploding hundreds of them on a mm-hmm. space station kind of thing and so, and like they're based on literally based on the Nazis because mm-hmm. they're called stormtroopers. It's not subtle or anything. Mm. And the idea of then sort of going like, what would it be like seeing it from their point of view? Like, I don't know if trying to introduce subtlety to Star Wars like that can be achieved in what is predominantly a multiplayer shooter video game. Mm. So we will have to see. But I maintain some of my doubts, I think. Yeah. Personally. But it, like... So I'll probably have the looks, but not the substance. Well, I, well, I mean... So it's hard to tell from what you, what you played. I don't know if it's a substance, because Star Wars doesn't have like... It's, Star Wars isn't a fucking meta-textual, like, kind of yeah, it's not Oscar-winning. Like, like. <laughs> no, or The Rock. Mm. But but that's what I mean. Like it doesn't have that complexity because it's a feel good massive blockbuster, and like it will, it's very emotional and stuff. But it's not like it's 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 mm. very much like these guys are the bad. Pe- they are bad people, and they've mm. kind of started doing it a bit, you know, introducing it a bit with um, the new films because you see like the bad people being kind of scared and and conflicted and torn and like Finn defecting and stuff. So I just I just wonder where it's all going to go, basically, but. It did look very nice, so don't, that. It kind of covers a lot of genres, I suppose, Star Wars, doesn't it? But I don't... You wouldn't really say it covers horror, though, would you? There are very few, like, jump scare moments. I'm not going to help you with this. Um, because, <laughs> because, well, if you're looking for a jump scare, I think that's where Don't Knock Twice comes in, Chris. Yeah, Don't Knock Twice. Do you guys know anything about it? Very little. I do actually. It's a way. Is it Wales Interactive? Or yes. Yeah. Um, they. So it's a horror game, and it's it was originally in VR, and now it's on the Switch. Yeah, it's yeah. on the PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Switch. Um, came out on Switch last week. It's based on loosely based on the film that came out last year. What genre would that film be then, Chris? That would also be a horror. Oh, that's interesting. I know. Yeah, it's. Um, it features the film actually stars Katie Sackhoff and she was in the Power Rangers one. Um, do you know the fan made movie mm-hmm. that was made a couple of years ago now? It's probably more famous for Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was going to get onto that. And then I was looking at what she'd actually been in because I was like, I recognise this face, but I can't quite put what she's been in. It was like Battlestar Galactica. And I was like, ah, right, maybe I should have recognised who she was. Um, but I only watched a little bit of that, so I've got an excuse. Anyway, back to the game. Um, so, um, Don't Knock Twice. It's a first-person horror game on the Nintendo Switch that I was playing it on. And basically, you take control of the character in this house, and all the lights are off. And It's first-person, right? First-person. Yeah. Um, immediately, you get a kind of a layers of fear vibe. Um, cross PT um, but um, it's not as good as either of those in kind of um, it has it works a lot on um, the jump scare aspect it's all creaky doors and doors slamming and things being thrown at windows it's so like within 10 minutes of me playing it um, one of the windows had been broken in and 
five or six of the doors had been slammed and I was playing with headphones on because I like to kind of shit myself up, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. I like to kind of get as scared as possible. We all like um, to shit ourselves up, Chris. Yeah, absolutely. I Not mean, obviously, only while we're playing video games, of mm. course, and or movies. Um, but, um, yeah, you're this character, I think her name is Mary, and her daughter is, it seems she, her daughter's communicating with your character in this game via text message and she's like i hate you why have you turned the power off i have no idea what's going on so i find a candle and i start wandering around when i go out into the garden in this game i look up and this person's banging on the window with a phone in her hand and it turns out this is her daughter and in this game what you do is you're walking around this house which has no power or anything, but laptops turned on everywhere. Handy. Yeah, as as you do. And fully charged beforehand. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> everyone's fully charged. Your phone never runs out of battery life Good while stuff. you're playing it. Yep. And they might have one of those do you know those little battery pack, those portable things. Oh, like a Mophie. The power banks. Yeah, like, so yeah, like a USB power bank. They're great. I've got one in my yeah. backpack. You know, you're laughing, but when I was a kid once we were all like on a family holiday around Christmas. Uh, in like a farmhouse that had been, you know, rented out, and uh, right. there was a massive power cut, and then we had to use my aunt's laptop as a light source because it still had power. So we were creeping. There's no candles, no. No, well, well, we couldn't like. Well, no, because it's not like the 1800s. So, like, did you not have candles in like? Because we, well, now maybe, like, I, well, you grew up in the country as well. Like, we we always had like candles because the power could go out. I think we probably did at home, but oh, sorry, we you didn't said it was know, like yeah, yeah. Cabin I mean, in the if woods there job. were if there were candles in this farmhouse, we didn't know where they were, mm. ah. so we were just sort of creeping around the house, like finding our way around, by, like holding holding the laptop, the laptop in front of us, like we were fucking warding off evil spirits with it or something. Well, that's what pissed me off in the game. Like, you know, I have to find a candle at first because everything was pitch black, um, and I had to and. Eventually, I had to turn up the brightness settings to actually see what was going on because everything was so game. dark in the game. Yeah, and you can't even. He's your character. She's got a phone, and she can't even use the phone to illuminate things. So when you're saying that story, that is, I'm yeah. like, that's fucking. It's like when I was walking around and there was the laptop on the table, and I was like, right, this is brighter than the candle. The candle's shit. But is is it the candle blows out every two seconds? Is it is it a puzzle game or uh, like a um, horror sh- shooting scary things? Like I would what? say it's more of a puzzle horror. Um, you pick up notes um, and you pick up pictures and each of those kind of helps you piece together what's happening in the story. It's very, very much a poor man's um, Layers of Fear. I, think, I don't think Layers of Fear was perfect. It was far from it. But I think what that managed to do in terms of the kind of the setting and the atmosphere, it was way more effective than this game was. And it was, do you know what? It's one of the few games I've played in a long time whereby I thought, do you know what? I don't want to play this anymore, mm-hmm. but I have to, cause I've paid for it. So I've got to get my money's worth now. Yes, yep. I but mean, it, it's, yeah. it wasn't great. Okay, was was the flame in the flood great? The flame in the flood's really good so far. Been playing that for about an hour or so. Put a bit more time in as well on lunch, so make it two almost. And it's it's being described by people as like a roguelike. I don't think it is. I think it's more of a survival adventure. And you're this character called Scout, and you have your dog called Aesop, and basically you have to kind of make your way down a river on a raft and pick up supplies to survive and you're given a kind of a task that you have to get to as you're making your way down the river Mm. so my first task is i've got to get on top of a hill to um try and decipher a radio signal and i'm having to make my way down this river which has various kind of conditions such as like um like the rapids yeah you have like um debris that floats in the water houses and this game it transpires takes place following a massive flood that's immersed most of this world underwater and there's this huge river running through it and yeah you kind of have to survive the elements like it's, uh, it's I, fucking well art have you played it yeah, yeah, yeah. i played I really it i played a little bit of it when it first came out and uh, the music is phenomenal. The atmosphere mm. is great, but uh, it's just 
it's not really my bag like the whole because it, yeah. it just seemed like a more inviting don't starve to me but at the same time it's just like not massively into those kinds of games I really liked it because it is like a don't starve but in games like Don't Starve, you eventually you build up like a house or you build up like an area that you know is safe and you have like walls and this kind of stuff because you have to keep moving. Like any yeah. area you come to in the Flame and the Flood you is quite small and you will deplete the resources there. Everything's finite, quite isn't quickly, it? And they don't grow back. Uh, and so you just have to keep moving. So there's no kind of like you can reinforce the raft. You can eventually put like... Um, like get a stove on the raft and and all this kind of stuff, but you are never really set, like you never set up a home, you never set up like a safe place. Well, you never you stationary for too long. Keep yeah. moving, and it's all like if you get wet, you can then get cold, and there are always status effects. So if you get scratched and you don't manage to fix like like you know clean the cut or anything quick enough, you can then develop like. Uh, septicemia or like um, get an infection and that means you need to get antibiotics and then you'll if you don't get antibiotics you'll die and the antibiotics are really hard to come mm. by as well like penicillin in the games are really rare um, and you can pick up stuff like herbs and so on like say I got a scratch in the game and I I picked up some aloe and I could apply the aloe to the scratch to kind of heal that and um then you kind of have to kind of create your some of your own snacks. You have to build your kind of pouches. You have to catch wildlife, fend off wildlife, depending on different places. But yeah, so far so good. You were almost a Jill sandwich. It's me, Mario. Would you kindly let's go bowling? This is my favorite store on the Citadel. War never changes. Every week on the Video Gamer Podcast, I test the gaming knowledge of my colleagues with a simple game called Who. Am I? I give five clues to the identity of a video game character and you, Annisbell, and you, Chris Hall, must give me the correct answer. All you have to do is say stop and then give me said answer clue number one. My first appearance in a video game came in 1986. 1986. <laughs> clue number two. I had a... Did I put that clue there? That's Clue number two. I had a pretty cool spacesuit, actually. Clue number three. In over 30 years, 12 original games in my series have been released. A small number in that time by today's standards. Just a bit of commentary there from Colm Harn. It doesn't really matter at all. That last Wait, fact. stop. Alice Bell. Is it Samus? Samus. Samus around. Yeah! <laughs> well done, Alice well Bell. Done, Alice. Did it! Didn't beat, her, didn't beat around the bush there, did you? Yeah, fucking straight. Smash and grab that. Um... Was it the pretty cool space suit? Mm. I should have put that in later. I don't know what I was thinking of. Uh, to go through the clues, uh, my first appearance in a video game came in 1986, of course, the original Metroid. Uh, clue number two, I had a pretty cool space suit, actually. She did. Clue number three, in over 30 years, 12 original games in my series have been released, which is a staggering figure. 12 in 30 years. Yeah. Which 12 in 30 years is completely fine, but like, it's just, you is compare that. Really that 12? That's 12 crazy. original games. Yeah. Um, but even so, the, there wasn't crazy spin-offs on the series mm. either. Uh, clue number four, I played a huge role in creating a new genre video game. Obviously Metroid, Metroid. and Castlevania. Uh, and clue number five, while Kissy from Alien Sector predates me by one year, the Guinness Book of World Records recognises me as the first playable human female character in a mainstream video mm. game. Those, everyone goes on about the reveal of that because the whole way through you're just like this big space marine and then... Samus takes the helmet off at the end and you're like, a girl! It's very, uh, then Prodigy did the Smack My Bitch Up video yeah, yeah. Oh, that was 20 amazing years well, later yeah. and everyone had the same, so I don't know, in about 20 years time, something similar will happen again. Yeah. Or maybe they'll subvert it and it'll well, be Lara yeah. Croft and she'll just like zip down and it'll be Marcus Phoenix inside her or something like that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be good? Be like, I, I thought you were a woman all along. So that, I'm not, I'm a man. That would be, like, <laughs> Marcus Phoenix is like three times the size of Lara Croft. He can just, like, suck in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just, he holds just, his breath. Just holds his for, breath in. For the entirety of the 20 game. 20 years. Every Tuesday, we send the call out on Twitter.com via our own Twitter account at VideoGamer.com looking for questions for this part of the podcast generally called the question segment and you answer in kind you wonderful wonderful people uh, Peter Wilkes asks did you enjoy last night's Walking Dead 
And both of you look directly at me because yeah. neither of you give a shit. Yeah. Um, it wasn't actually too bad. It did the familiar thing that Walking Dead does and starts... Be shit. No, no, not just yet. That'll right. be episode Later. three or four, yeah. Okay. So the first episode of a new series generally tends to be quite good. Um, and yes, it. this episode was probably the best episode since the first episode of the last series, to did be they, honest with they you. Did they kill in, like, anyone um, or...? Basically, because you don't care, what happened is... Ooh. I actually I have a bit of a heart. I'd be wary of people listening. No, I'll just go through what happens at the start. They kind of plan to kind of attack Negan and they set up camp outside his base with armored cars and all heaps of shit ensues. Excellent. That sounds delightful. Uh, James asks, obviously Alice has a love of so bad they're good movies. <laughs> Correct. But, but do any of you have any so bad they're good video games? Yeah, I always say this, but the NCIS video game is amazing. I, I was... I'm trying to remember. You played that for... Re- oh, you no, said I just you got, got like I got... So I did work experience that was it. at um, OXM when I was like, I can't remember how, like 20 or something. And um, they said, you know, obviously like, I did two weeks work experience um, unpaid. And so in lieu of payment, the lads there who and I said, look, we got some games that no one wants <laughs> knocking around. So do you want the NCIS video game? And I was like, yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> uh, and, like the NCIS TV show is good enough because... Is it's... that the one with a little cool Jane Robin from Batman and Robin? Ooh. Is that that one? No. No. NCIS is the one where it's the naval crime investigation squad or something. So they have to somehow tie every crime to the Navy. And it's usually that whoever got killed was in their Navy. Right. But um, this, like, the video game is just that, but on another level. And so it ends with you disarming a terrorist bomb on the side of a skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> which What's that got to do with the Navy? Well, I can't remember, but obviously it must have had something to do with the Navy. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, Chris, any so bad, it's good games? And it's so bad they are good games. I used to love a game on the PS1, the original PlayStation, um, Felony1179. It's a fucking stupid name. What, what was it about? It's basically an A to B racing game where you kind of destroy as... You're basically taking cargo from one point to the other and you kind of just destroy loads of shit on the way. You're driving through cities, you're crashing through tables. And why, why is it bad? It wasn't a very it... good game. It was it was an awful game, but it was just so awful. I don't know. I just quite enjoyed it. I mean, it. yeah, it, I think it was absolutely hammered in reviews as well. But yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I just kept... And it wasn't, wasn't any track. Like, I didn't like to play the whole game. It was just one specific track I'd like to play, and I could play it over and over and over. Uh, for me, it's just... Uh, for, just look at the For Your Amusement playlist... Basically. I was going to say, yeah, we do a whole I, series. I, I play a lot of them. Uh, because, do you know what? Um, be, it's because I do think that the more shit you play, the more you then appreciate the good. Yeah. Because, it, I don't know, like if, it's, if you're playing hits over and over again, you kind of become dull to their impact. Um, or their impact is dull, I should say. Uh, we have a question here from Michael Current, who asks, have you ever l- left a beloved franchise only to fall back in love many years later? If so, what franchise? What franchise? Uh, probably Pokemon for me. I played... Good shout. I, I played the shit out of Red and Blue and Yellow when I was a kid um, and loved the TV show and then didn't play another, an- another Pokemon game for fucking donkey until I think like the 3DS Alpha Sapphire which hmm. is a long old time so I miss like Leaf Green I miss the original Gold and Silver all that until until they were all nice pictures again and then I, like I started watching the Pokemon series on Netflix again as well because it was put on Netflix and I was like this show's really good like, is it? it is is it? yes okay. there's a bit where Caterpie in the early episodes of Caterpie's telling Pikachu about how it wants to grow up and be a butterfree but it's doing it just through saying its own name. Mm-hmm. But you still get the, <laughs> you can still understand. Get the emotion. That, yeah. Good, good. And it's not because of nostalgia. No. That it's good. Okay. Good. Uh, Chris. Um, I think for me, it's the Dragon Ball Z series, actually. Um, I played. Which, isn't there about 600 different, like, yeah. spin off series and stuff? So what? I, used, I played uh, Dragon Ball Z first ever time on the SNES. 
years ago. My friend from school, he had um, a Japanese SNES and he had a, a copy of the game and we played it on... I used to play it around his all the time. I used to make excuses to go around and just hang out with him and play the game all of the time. And unfortunately, we went to different schools afterwards, so I never played that one again. And then recently, I've played a bit of a quite a bit of the Dragon Ball Fighter Z, and it's fucking amazing. And I haven't like some of the Dragon Ball Zs that have come out in the recent years have been all right. Um, like you had the Budokai on the PlayStation Two and Three. Um, you've obviously got Xenoverse on the PS4, and then it's just recently released on the Switch. But um they've not really kind of held my attention like that and then when i play dragon ball fighter z i think it's a game that i can see myself putting quite a bit of time into uh ross mcmahon asks best season <laughs> best shock, season. shocking diamond but i i read that and i was like of oh, what like which tv show are you talking about so is that, that's where your mind goes where does your mind go chris well the thing is i i wasn't sure because it could be tv show it could be in terms of form of seasoning for food, and he just right, hadn't finished okay, his I'll sentence. I'll tell you what he means, because for fuck's sake, like, he obviously means spring, I, yeah, summer, yeah, autumn, know, winter. Uh, Don't be winter. fucking... Winter. Summer-like. Why? Winter's got my birthday and Christmas. Winter's got Christmas. Um, summer, unfortunately, in London, has hot, clammy people on the tube, and awful air. Um, so... Yeah, I prefer winter. I love winter. I love like running on the grass when it's like frozen. You can feel it crunching when under your feet. When was the right, <laughs> When was the last? You did that when you were 13, not no. No, I did it last uh, year, actually, because I go out running when I'm back home. All right, okay, and fair point. Yeah. I, where just I the live, way you made it sound like... Like you were <laughs> no, like frolicking. gambling like an orphan. Yeah, yeah. kind of. I t- I'd take my shoes off and kind of run. Feeling the frost yeah, between, between your toes. Um, you, what day is it today, boy? <laughs> it's Christmas Day! Like, Christmas is brilliant, right? Yes, no doubt. Fantastic. Love but it. it has to be proper winter, not like shitty half-assed autumn come winter when it's raining and slushy and So shit. you're saying like snow? Yeah, it's even, snow it's even got to be... Snow is the worst. Snow it, and ice are terrible. It, Snow's great. What are you fucking talking about? See if it got to be... Try driving in snow. It's the worst. Don't drive in snow. That's a I've, stupid thing to I've do. I've done that like, many what, a time. Yeah, but try... What if you have to go to work in the morning and you have to you have to drive into work? I mean, you can't just go, don't go to work. Your boss isn't going to fucking let you off. Well, the snow isn't too bad because you can just drive in a lower gear. The problem is it's when it's when it's wet when it's um, really wet and we get a lot of floods up in Cumbria and you're always aquaplaning you're always what, aquaplaning sorry? it's whereby when you lose the traction because you're going a certain speed over water so it becomes like a sheet and then you yeah never you heard not? of aquaplaning yeah. even I know what that is I know, I I know driven in like, like surface years. water yeah yeah, yeah. never heard that's of it so do you know like, like when you played a racing game and then you kind of feel the skid as you're going yeah. around a corner in the rain yeah that's you learn something new every day right. don't you boys and girls that exciting no um, but yeah I know the correct answer was summer I'm afraid sorry about that no well, that, uh, that is a shame well Having a Jamaican heritage, the summer here is feeble, so uh, it's winter. True, really. but it's the best we get. So yeah. you know, spring's usually better than the yeah. summer, unfortunately. True, and autumn like is as well. Like, actually, yeah, when it's hot in London, you're walking. When it's hot, air quotes in London, it's like it's like twenty degrees, and everyone's like brilliant, and like got the tops off and wearing flip flops, and then mm. you'd see like the tourists in massive fucking coats and, and scarves, yeah. Yeah. double yeah. socks. We've had a beautiful day today. Uh, yeah, well, it's fucking a beautiful day today as well because I'm in the room with you two lovely people chatting about games. Oh, oh that lovely. Uh, but enough of that. I'm finished with this day and I want to move on and thank all of the lovely listeners and specifically the wonderful video gamer boy and our girls because of your continued support. That's what gets us through the day. You're excellent people. <laughs> uh, and if you want to be a video gamer boy and our girl, you can. Uh, give us money basically by heading to patreon.com forward slash video gamer and if you do you'll get this podcast 24 hours before all the rest of the people and a little extended bit at the end uh, you'll get an extra podcast every week and a Q&A every fortnight so isn't that just lovely uh, but to all of our listeners I mean you're all brilliant as well all the other ones uh, if you could rate us on iTunes that would be delightful five stars because the more you rate us five stars, the more people see us and the more 
spread the word and all that kind of shit uh, you can also follow us all on Twitter as well I am at Colin underscore Horn Chris is at IBU666 Alice is on Twitter at BabyGotBell and Video Gamers and all of your relevant social networks on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and Snapchat at VideoGamerCommon on YouTube YouTube.com forward slash VideoGamerTV but for all of your Video Gamer needs just head to VideoGamer.com and now it's time for my least favourite party show this is the party show where we must be the listener ah you. So say goodbye, Chris Hallam. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Alice Bell. Bye. And say goodbye, Colin Sloan. Go fool.